0: Where Nobody Knows Your Name is recorded in front of nobody. Hello and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. I'm John. And I'm James. And today, James, we're talking about Season 8, Episode 13, Sammy and the Professor. This episode aired on January the 4th, 1990, was written by Brian Pollock and Mart Rich, directed by James Burroughs. But hold the phone, James. I hear you've got a tasty fact for us right off the off. I mean, you've kind of already said it. We're in the 90s.
1: Oh. <laughs> woo, woo. Stick on your Nirvana albums
0: everyone. It's it's, it's 90s time. I t- well, that's <laughs> That's an interesting setup, James, because my first instinct of this episode was this felt very much like a classic uh, mid-80s episode. Yeah, well, it felt very similar to... Academic arrives at Cheers, a female lead is uh, obsessed with academic and wants to be uh, respected by them, and comedy ensues.
1: Yeah, it also felt similar to the one where Coach and Sam went back to high school.
0: But I tell you what, so we're in the nineties. Are we expecting sort of a grunge phase from Norm?
1: I think you're going to see Woody with, you know, the curtains and yeah, he's going to stick on or, you know, some, some proper garage rock. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but I tell you what, that, that we do start this episode talking about Woody and, and how quick time goes. And that's the cold open because I think it's closing time already. And, and, Woody says, oh, I can't believe the time's gone so quick. And Frazier goes into quite a monologue about how times change, which is maybe fitting with this uh, turn of a decade.
1: New decade, new
0: depressing Frazier
1: Yes, life rushes past you.
2: Months and years seem to blend into one indistinguishable blur. While from behind, you hear the steady, relentless beat of the approaching wings of grim-faced death. <laughs> I just meant my watch was slow, but now I don't think I'm going to be
1: able to sleep tonight. And then Frazier leaves a big tip and walks off.
0: (laughs) But a lovely way to uh, welcome in the '90s, I suppose. (laughs) I think this is where grunge kicked off. Frazier's monologue sent uh, uh, the youth into a spiral of angst. What just Kurt
1: Cobain and Dave Grohl watching Cheers back in Seattle? (laughs) Just
0: yeah, yeah. he's our leader. Yeah. Anyway, but
1: <laughs> for the main episode, we do. It's more uplifting, isn't it? It's. I uh, just mm. say it, is, it, feels, it feels like a classic Cheers episode. It's it's certainly farcical. I think they're only also in Cheers. I don't think we see any other set. We see Melville's. That's true.
0: Yeah. It's only. It's not far from Cheers. Yeah. But uh, this is where we get the title of the episode from: Sammy and the Professor. Uh, because Rebecca's old college professor and uh, mentor figure to her is going to come to the bar to meet Rebecca, because Rebecca wants to impress someone who she respected and held quite esteem to. So it's uh, Rebecca's old business professor.
1: Yeah, she arrives at Cheers ostensibly to surprise Rebecca, really, which is nice. And I think she she was definitely Rebecca's favourite teacher. Mm. And I think it's at least implied that Rebecca was her favorite student, but not because Rebecca was a good student.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, she uh, later on in the episode she almost does a bit of a backhanded compliment around that. She says uh, Rebecca was always my favorite student. In fact, I use her as an example still today. And then goes on to explain how Rebecca failed her exams and had to resit them all.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've had to resit exams. It's not too bad.
0: It's fine, isn't it? Rebecca did it. She now runs chairs, and I'd say that's a pretty good job. Look at driving test. Lots of people sit <laughs> there driving test. But I suppose that's kind of what Rebecca's trying to do. She's trying to prove to this professor that she's uh, turned it around, made a success of herself, and that's why in the beginning of this episode she's trying to. Uh, well, she tries. She gets Woody to polish the bar rails and Carl to scrape the gum from underneath the tables, and it's trying to project the best version of herself in the bar as possible. And why do, why have they assigned Carla the gum scraping? Because she's on the button there. And she put them there.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Carla's got her own story going on this episode as well.
0: Hmm, Which I think is a really fun B story because Carla's getting audited by the IRS. I say fun, actually. It doesn't sound particularly fun. But it's a, a nice little story that has some good jeopardy in it and good uh, risk, I suppose, and, and some genuine fear. For Carla, because as she says, they're the people who got Al Capone.
1: Well, yeah, that's true. That actually is true. Because Al Capone, what well, didn't get arrested because of uh, his, uh, you know, his gangstery, murdery stuff.
0: You know, yeah, they, undeclared they income, isn't it? Yeah, parking tickets. <laughs> <laughs> so she's she's very scared in this episode. And really, the, ma- the majority of the bar, their role within this episode is really comforting her. Huh? Uh, none more so than Norm, who reluctantly becomes her accountant and offers her some guidance through this. Namely, bury the IRS people in paper, create loads of receipts, forge loads of receipts, and that might be your way out of this.
1: Create a papery grave is uh, a.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And alongside this, uh, Frasier continues to be a very pessimistic and uh, grungy, I'll say. If someone said,
1: well, oh, you know Cheese she's going to kick off the 90s, or how? IRS and, and
0: reminding everyone about death.
1: <laughs> Woo! Here we go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose <sighs> within there, we get some good laughs and some good jokes, which is uh, the, the, the thing we'll hold on to this episode, James, as we move forward. I like the
1: episode. I just thought it, it was a strange way, you know, four days after people have watched, you know, Dick Clark celebrate this this big shiny sphere and they were like, oh, you know, I'm feeling okay now. I was feeling tender a couple of days ago, but I'll, I'll, I'll watch Cheers now. Oh, I've got to do my taxes.
0: You know? <laughs> it's a good reminder for people, I think. By the time Rebecca's professor does arrive, Rebecca's had to take over... The uh, gum scraping responsibilities. So when her professor comes through the door and calls her name, she's underneath the table scraping gum. So not the best first impression. You could flip it though.
1: Rebecca could be like, Yeah, I'm proud of the bar worker, you know. I've made it ship shape and I always put the hard work in myself, you know. Hard worker?
0: Yeah. yeah she could have spun yeah. it that way. She t- I don't think she does. <laughs> but but uh, they have a good conversation at the, the bar or at the table, she gets some drinks fixed for her by Sam. And uh, this is also where we find out that the professor, Alexander Volkman, has also written a book, which has actually not only been acclaimed by Rebecca, but Sam's read it as well. Yeah,
1: Sam's a big fan, uh, which is, oh, because he doesn't read much. Uh, he's a big fan of the book. He's a big fan of,
0: of Volkman. Uh, well, he's got his business hat on now because he, he wants to buy back cheers and he wants to make a success of that again. So. To do that, he's now really looking for any advice he can get his hands on. And he sees this as a good opportunity to get advice from a business expert about how he can do this. And uh, not in any great deal, but tries to make a bit of conversation in, in a very uh, sort of, uh, what do you call it? I, I wouldn't even say it's sleazy. He's hitting on her. on her, but he, I, don't, I don't think he really does, actually. He just compliments her. Yeah,
1: that's true. And she falls for it like a... Appleton Isaac Newton. Yeah, that's a phrase.
0: (laughs) uh, (laughs) Why not? Just through, actually, just through being nice, I would say, he gets invited to join Rebecca and uh, the professor at Malville's for dinner, which he accepts so that he can get some business advice. And this is where we get to visit Malville's, James. And I'll tell you what, the
1: waiter, or you always get good waiters in Cheers episodes. Waiter in this episode is fantastic.
0: The waiter in this episode is my favorite part of this episode. <laughs> he has the best delivery and comic timing for being a annoyed, unpatient server. Because uh, Rebecca's, four lines, yeah. I know, but they're very memorable. Rebecca's struggling to order her dinner. Mm.
2: You know, that was always Rebecca's failing in school. She could never take a stand. She always had to ask what somebody else thought before she knew what she thought. But I've
3: changed since then.
0: Have you made a decision, ma'am? The rest of your party are halfway through their salads.
3: <laughs> Is the swordfish fresh?
0: It was when you started ordering. <laughs> Sass on this math. You can tell it's his last day. He's He's already handed in a notice. Yeah. I
1: also like when um, he gives her a menu and she goes, what's this? And he goes, the dessert menu. I figured you could do with a head start.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but alongside this sort of indecisiveness, we get the sort of, a, a bit of a monologue from the professor about how Rebecca has always been indecisive, never knowing what she wanted. And that stilted her and stilted her in a, in a sort of business career, academically. Whilst uh, she was being taught, but I suppose still even now, and and the professor really says how Rebecca tries to appease people all the time, and that seems to be her priority over anything else.
1: Yeah, I was expecting to Rebecca to go, no, it isn't, and the professor would go, yes, it is. She goes, yes, it is. <laughs> uh.
0: In contrast to this, though, Sam is very decisive and orders his dinner very quickly. James and Rebecca goes, oh, that sounds good. I might have that and. It kind of puts them as two pole opposites in this episode. That's true.
1: Sam's meal does sound nice. It uh, turns out it's the second meal listed. <laughs> is it, well? It's the easiest way to go, isn't it? Yeah, just show up to any restaurant and go say number two, please, sir. This is a tapas restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just- In the midst of uh, ordering, or after ordering even, Rebecca gets a phone call from Robin Coldcourt. The first time I'd say the professor is actually impressed with Rebecca in any way, because she knows Robin, uh, who throughout the series has been a sort of uh, highly thought of figure in a business sense.
1: Woody comes up saying, oh, you got a phone call. She goes, oh, you know, tell him I'll take it later. And he goes, oh, no, it actually is, Robin. she goes,
0: you're making him wait. And uh, she tells Woody to take care of this. So he says, I'm going to need some mint jelly and a lot of ketchup, which is is a great line. And I think mint jelly and ketchup, mint jelly yeah, and no, it's, ketchup it's, it's together. Woody's mm-hmm. way. I think there's, there's this great sense in cheers of academia actually just wanting to be seen as uh, normal and average and not pandered to. If that makes sense. Yeah, except Diane, who never dropped her pretense of academia. That's true. The exception <laughs> to the rule. But I think every time a figure like this comes to cheers, they're always looking for a kind of I don't know what you call it, a humble drink. I suppose it
1: is that. I think, you know, Boston as a as a city is obviously known for academic history, what with what with Harvard. So, yeah, i'm guessing it's just the willingness to relax and kick back that 's what the kids say. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, we, we say that. We leave the meal there and then we return to cheers the next day to find out Rebecca's pretty much been on hold overnight. she hasn't, but she called back very early in the morning and 's been on hold since she not went home. Aliceison Volkman uh, arrives at Cheers again and gives a sort of recount of what happened later that night. And I think we would play it, James, just to give uh, it justice.
3: I apologise for leaving you up at Melville's. Oh, no problem.
2: Can I get you a cup of coffee? Fine. Sam was nice enough to drive me back to the hotel. Good. Yeah. So I asked him into the bar downstairs to discuss his plans to buy back Cheers. You know, you are so terrific. It is no wonder that I have idolised you all these years. <laughs> So after drinks, we moved the conversation up to my room, had a nightcap, talked a little more, did it, and this morning had quite a nice continental breakfast. Yeah.
3: So the hotel offers a free continental breakfast whenever you... <laughs> Did it? <laughs> you slept
2: with Sam Malone? Oh, is that his last name?
0: <laughs> and then after that sort of monologue and run the other night, Rebecca does almost a, a double take in surprisement of the fact
1: the follow-up line is great, it shows that Alice doesn't really care to know anything about Sam, including his surname.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, has no idea of his baseballing history. Doesn't really care or need to know. Doesn't really think much of it. Tall, dark and handsome, <laughs> isn't he? That's all, that's all she needs. <laughs> uh, but I think there's a confidence there. And then not too much of a I care about it, if that makes sense. And yeah. it's it's in stark contrast to what we've seen of Rebecca this whole season so far. Yes. And I think that's the difficult thing for Rebecca to realise how different she is from this person she looks up to and tries to emulate.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Rebecca's definitely torn between what she wants. and Rebecca, since she's been introduced, has had this aspiration for status, you know? Hmm. And the men she's been attracted to have been the people of high status, Evan Drake, Robin Colcord, whereas Sam to her is, is a, a lug. So she can't believe it, John. She can't cope, cannot, <laughs> cannot deal with the fact that uh, this reputable college professor is shacking it up with Sam.
0: <laughs> But the, the professor does say, I could do worse. And then also says, and you could as well, and turns it on Rebecca, which I think is uh, perhaps a poignant moment that will resurface maybe later in the series. But I don't know. It feels like a moment that will stick with Rebecca.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Shall we talk about Carla's collection of receipts? Because I think it's only really a couple of scenes. Then we can go back to this. Uh, it's not a love triangle. It's it's but a...
0: Line. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not a triangle, it's just a line, James. It's, it's
1: just just a line of lust is what it is.
0: <laughs> but yeah, nice. as you mentioned, Carla's been, under, under Norm's guidance, been stacking up receipt after receipt after receipt. Yeah, trying to build that overwhelming paper trail so when she does get audited they're not going to be able to really track anything yeah yeah she's she's faking fake cars she's faking purchases of meals faking taking the cliff to dinner which i'm like <laughs> at least you know well she's taken woody to hawaii allegedly woody won her, her trip to hawaii recently so i think that's kind of plausible i think that is clever woody could be like yeah yeah we got this here's, here's the photo Here's the photo of
1: me in Hawaii. Where's Carla? She took the photo, obviously. Uh, I saw one thing which came up. I forgot which place it was in the US, but I thought this was pretty clever, where one burger joint, Mm. They changed the names of their burgers so people could claim them as office expenses. So they renamed them to things like ergonomic keyboard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The old loophole. Uh, But then you you do question, why why have you ordered three ergonomic keyboards in one week?
1: Well, a lot of people said, surely you should have changed it to perishables like post-it notes and pens. (laughs) And I went, yeah, (laughs) think it through Burger Place. (laughs) Why are you buying pens
0: at the same time every day? (laughs) But yeah, so uh, Carla's uh, made this almost a family project where they're all just trying to amass as much of this as possible. And then James, the IRS auditor, does arrive at Cheers. An interesting back and forth goes because he seems to be under the impression Carla might own the bar.
1: Yeah, I don't know where that came from. No, I don't either. That was <laughs> never <laughs> part of any of it. Anyway. <laughs> I was trying to follow the logic, and I went, "Okay, Uh-oh. Carla's trying to overwhelm them." And then they said, "Ah, uh, Carla, there's, there's a one point three million dollars." Went, did I, did I miss something?
0: Yeah, I, I don't remember that happening either. So. Yeah, deleted scenes, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, we saw when she got like just a, a dime or a cent uh, inheritance. Yeah, maybe it was a very old one worth a lot. I, I don't know. That's what it was. It was a. It was from like
1: nineteen forty, wasn't it?
0: <laughs> but Carla does a, a good sort of plea for not a plea, but you, you see her inner workings when Asta's uh Carla, he, uh, she goes, "Widow the black, widow loser, a pony, yada yada yada." She, yeah, she describes herself as a widow to try and get a bit of sympathy, perhaps. It, it, it is I, the widow woman. <laughs> mm. And um, from there, they go back and forth. And the IRS guy looks quite lowly on her. Well, she's short, John. Not not in that sense, in a classist sense, Jim. Oh, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she kind of plays along with this, almost yeah. through gritted teeth a little bit to try and just get through the situation i guess
1: yeah you would yeah i have never been investigated by the tax man and that is an invitation <laughs> uh, to any of you your tax men listening
0: but, uh, but though i have nothing to hide <laughs> i um <laughs> but from from here i'll, I'll save you a chance. from here uh, w- from here Mom chips in and tries to sort of pile this sort of narrative of carla carla would never have this much money kind of yes. He knows the tax guy as
1: well. He knows... They used to work together. I think it's Donald Zajac.
0: Yeah, they used to work together. They have a good rapport. And then Norm messes up a bit. And we'll play that.
2: I guess you're right, Norm. If she made that kind of money, why would she dress like this? <laughs> These are my good clothes. <laughs> I even got my hair done. <laughs> <laughs> The thought that Carla could ever pull down a million bucks is absolutely nuts. I mean, all the tips she's ever made in her life wouldn't amount to that, even if she did report them, you know
3: what
2: I mean? <laughs> well, carry on. <laughs> uh, I think you'd better come with me, Mrs. Lebeck, and uh, get your receipts.
0: Foolish man. You can see the anger in Carla's eyes. You've had too
1: much of those near beers, haven't you, Peterson?
0: Mm. but he puts his foot in it and very quickly leaves the situation and we almost leave it there from what I can remember we don't really get to see how this ends so I assume it might follow us for the rest of this season now is a good time to go over the cast because there's
1: really only three guest cast Mm. and I'll tell you what the waiter I didn't realize how many of his credits I put down so uh (laughs) be prepared (laughs) He's feeling a lot. Uh, but first, Alexis Smith as Alice Ann Volkman, who was Emmy nominated for this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She made her film and TV debut in 1940 uh, with Alice in Movie Land and also worked on Gentleman Jim, Thank Your Lucky Stars, The Adventures of Mark Twain, Hollywood Canteen, Mhapsody in Blue, Night and Day, The Young Philadelphians, Adventures in Paradise, a Death in California, The Love Boat, Hot House, Dallas, Age of Innocence, and many more. This is a, both of these names are pretty cool. Stack Pierce as Donald Zajac. Yeah, cool names all around. He also appeared in Arnie, Nancy, Room 222, Night Call Nurses, Hammer, Trouble Man. Mission Impossible, Cleopatra Jones, Mannix, The Streets of San Francisco, The FBI, Beretta, Police Story, MacLeod, The Six Million Dollar Man, Helter Skelter, The Bionic Woman, Days of Our Lives, Wonder Woman, The Incredible Hulk, V, War Games, The Fall Guy, Night Court, The Street Blues, Columbo, and many more. And now our favourite one, John, is a <laughs> Deirdre Bader as waiter. If you thought that Stack Pierce had been in a lot, then Whoa. <laughs> Deep breath needed for this one. Deidrick Bader as Waiter He also worked on Star Trek The Next Generation 21 Jump Street Quantum Leap The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air Diagnosis Murder Murphy Brown Office Space Buzz Lightyear of Star Command Norm Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back Ice Age The Drew Carey Show South Park The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy Monk Curb Your Enthusiasm CSI King of the Hill Bones Mad Batman, The Brave and the Bold, Arrested Development, Phineas and Ferb, The Penguins of Madagascar, Ultimate Spider-Man, Veep, Bojack Horseman, American Housewife, Masters of the Universe, Revelation,
0: Harley Quinn, and many more. Man, that was that was a long one, James. I, I, honestly, I applaud you. No breaths in there either. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what I would say, James. No shade on Alexis Smith, but I think I would have done the Emmy nomination to, <laughs> to Dietrich
1: <Hunter. laughs> yeah, Bader. Yeah, Dietrich Bader, he stole the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Guess who won?
0: <laughs> but a strong cast, I think. Each one brought something to their roles. And I think, even, I know you had a tiny role, but I think the the waiter in those scenes really stole them for me. Uh, and I think that's a testament to the writing. But really strong writer. And I loved uh, the, the jokes, especially those quick witted replies from the waiter. Uh, and how sort of cynical and, and rude they were. <laughs> but James, this brings us to the, the final bit of this episode, which is sort of the, the summary of Rebecca, the professor, and Sam's uh, not love triangle, but line. Because Rebecca says that Sam needs to apologise, essentially, and set things straight with the professor, and s- state his intentions,
1: essentially. That doesn't go to plan, really. Because Rebecca Rebecca theorizes that uh, Sam, as is Sam's want, uh, is just interested in Volkman temporarily. You know, as a as a one night stand, and he is. But so is Volkman.
0: So, well, I think there's there's this interesting power dynamic because it happens again. Essentially, Sam goes to a, <laughs> a set intentions. A that doesn't happen. It happens again. Volkman comes in to talk to Rebecca, and. There is a power play there, because Walkman's fully aware of the situation and is very much pro it, is a a grown woman, and and in some ways, you would say, is taking advantage of Sam. Sam wants a conversation about a business opportunity, and they never actually talk about that at all. But there's this back and forth between Rebecca and the Professor, and I think we play it.
3: What are you talking about? Sam. Malone, right? (laughs) Right. I sent him over to your hotel to straighten things out.
2: Did you two clear the air? Yes, we did. And then we steamed it up again.
3: (laughs) I don't get this. What? You you are Alice Ann Volkman, my mentor. He is Sam Malone. He's nothing. He's a bartender.
2: Listen, honey, you should do so well at my age. Come to think of it, you should do so well at your age. (laughs) Oh, right.
3: I mean, you always did know best. But but then again, I mean, you went to bed with Sam, and so that makes... Oh, I'm just so confused. Rebecca, slow down. Take a deep breath. Close your eyes
2: and get a handle on your feelings. All right. On one hand,
3: I'm a little bit disappointed with you for what you've done. But on the other hand, I mean, I think, well, hell, it's your life. I mean, you know what you want and what Rebecca you don't want. Rebecca, choose. Yes, slut. Very good. That's the first time I've ever heard you
2: take a stand without worrying about offending someone.
3: You're a soulless pig of a rotten slut, slut. <laughs>
2: now I'm offended. <laughs> I'm sorry. I take it all back. Oh, don't, don't do that. I was just beginning to respect you. Oh, slut. Now you're just trying to kiss up.
0: <laughs> and this in this moment is the first time the professor respects Rebecca because she's speaking her mind. She's not trying to vie for her. I was going to say permission, acceptance, validation, all of the above. And is actually showing a bit of a backbone and stepping up to her own thoughts and
1: feelings. What I like about this is that as soon as Rebecca is praised for standing up, she just keeps calling her a slut.
0: Yeah, but with a different kind of enthusiasm that doesn't ring true. (laughs) Yeah. No, Rebecca, when you call me a slut, I want you to mean it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's very much how the episode ends for Rebecca and the professor, is they they sort of leave it there with a sort of mutual respect that they both share different values about this. But the close of this is Sam goes into the office and kind of realises that in this situation, and actually in this episode, he hasn't been a main player. He hasn't been someone with opinion or thought in this Episode. He's kind of been a piece on the board that's been moved around, and we end with the, the line.
3: I think Alice had a good time with, uh, you know, stuff you and she were doing all the time. And, um, and then, of course, you got all that great business information from her. Yeah, actually, I never did get any
2: advice from her. She kept saying she was going to give it to me, but then we ended up in bed. After she said she was going to give it to me the next day, but we ended up in bed again. You know, she never really... Told me anything. Now she's gone.
3: Well. It's still been a hell of a couple of days.
2: That
1: slut. Ah, <laughs> uh, you got played, son. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you all right, Cliff? you are not done much this episode. Oh, it's a receipt you got there. <laughs> What's written on? Oh, it's got trivia on the back, you cheeky little mix, you.
0: That's your IRS letter, James.
1: (laughs) Oh. Well, the tax man cometh, John. (laughs) But as usual, before we open our letters, we have to give a shout out to our norms on Patreon. So this goes out to Treb Curry. If you want that special norm treatment, then check out our Patreon page for that and so much more. We talked about the
0: professor's uh,
1: book. What is the name of her book? Uh, Speak Out and Score. Sam thought it was about getting babes. (laughs) The only reason why he read it. Along with her course, what else did Rebecca complete in the summer following her final college year? Oh, gosh. Um, Oh, um, braces got off. Is that... That did happen around that time, but that's not what I had in mind. Uh, What was it? Uh, Several macrame plant hangers when she had a bit of a (laughs) breakdown.
0: (laughs) uh, in this episode, James, we hear a motto from the book. Do you remember the motto? I think it's the same phrase repeated three times. Close. It's three D's. Do it. Uh... You're, you're close, James. It's <laughs> dare it, decide it, do it. Oh, not as good as see it, be it. See it, be it. See it, be it. That's that's
1: crane train. <laughs> To, to mental health. <laughs> Rebecca's first F was for a term paper she handed in to Alice. What month was this assignment and what was the name of the term paper?
0: If it was the month, I would guess May. Can you specify what year? No, n- a ni- <laughs> 1978.
1: You're wrong. It's January 77, which might give you a clue as to, uh, as to what the title was, maybe. Well, it was about Jimmy Carter, but I don't know what the... It was uh, Jimmy Carter, the three-term president, ah. which is wrong on so many levels, because as we well know, John, presidents can only have two terms. But yeah, Rebecca, Rebecca thought he could have three terms. Uh, she was wrong. One day someone will. Rules are there to be broken. Which uh, Which president had two non-consecutive terms? This didn't happen in the Cheers episode. Just Just
0: you know, um, fun. I don't know, James. I don't know. The, I don't know that
1: Vile. It's Grover Cleveland, the twenty second and twenty fourth U.S. president. Like, like
0: spoiler, like, uh, like <laughs> Doctor Who. You know, <laughs> it's all exactly the same. That's what happens. <laughs> they just regenerate. It's like an election. They change every few years. <laughs> we were talking about uh, two terms, but I'm going to ask you a much more down-to-earth question, James. What is the number two at Malville's? Broiled potatoes.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess it's going to be some kind of steak if you're having mint jelly with it. Of course, mint jelly. Yeah, m- mint jelly. Just mint jelly and potatoes.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, um, that's... A steak, I think. I think it's a uh, sort of what steak. What
0: with a mint jelly gems? The beef steak. No, la- lamb, and mint lamb. jelly. Lamb. <laughs> There's <That is it. laughs> one other item. Uh, uh lamb, lamb steak, lamb, lamb chops, lamb chops. Yeah. This is. I thought you would have known this. Like, I thought James' menu, he'll know it. Uh, and the other thing
1: was, I think it had like asparagus or winter greens, a spinach salad. So all I got was potatoes and mint.
0: <laughs> mint jelly, yeah, yeah. They aren't, uh, you said broiled potatoes, it was broiled new potatoes, but I thought I'd, I'd give you that. That's the last call, James. And what an episode it's been. I, I, I feel like we need a drink to toast this off, but that number two at Malville sounds good. Mm, I think I'll have that. I'll Pass me the mint jelly, I'll eat it up. <laughs> like,
1: apparently, I'll tell you what, polar bears apparently absolutely love mint
0: or hate mint. <laughs> one of the two. I, I'd, I'd be concerned <laughs> if you're giving out information which is false, but then I also feel like it's a slim chance any of us will, will see a polar bear, so it doesn't <laughs> and it's, at it's the same And
1: uh, it's one of the two. I, all I know is if you put mojitos around your village, then the polar bear won't come in because they're either too engrossed <laughs> in the mint or too disgusted. About it.
0: I feel like you saw an advert as a child and you <laughs> 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 they went, this must be true. It's all like Christmas time. Christmas with a lie. Are we, are we saying a mojito with spinach salad, lamb chops and mint jelly and broiled new potatoes? Is that?
1: Yeah, why not? That sounds you good. You show them polar
0: bears. <laughs> <laughs> Either with or without a polar bear. We, 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 we don't know. They might come. Yeah, I'm, I'm Googling it now. <laughs> well, whilst you do that, James, I'm going to raise this mojito to Alexis Smith for a nomination. For this role as uh, Professor Alice Ann Volkman. A great job. Uh, it would be remiss not to praise Diedrich Bader uh, for this episode as well. So with that roundup, James, we'll hold our mojitos, await some potential polar bears and say this has been, where nobody knows your name, a Cheers podcast.